Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. To the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network, Thursday, January eleventh, two thousand twenty-four. That's just a great sounding date to me, January eleventh, two thousand twenty-four. I'm Jay Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Wow. Say also, it. Also, Say poopy it. anus. Oh, yeah. I thought that's what you were going to talk about when you said something pronounced properly. It's no. P U P I E N U S. I didn't know it'd be pronounced poopy anus. <laughs> Next to uh, Tass, it's the bearded woman, Tasha Hotboy, Trey Kirby. Hey yo. Hey yo. And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer. We call him JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends. It's jovial January, according to the Is This Good <laughs> podcast. You got to tell someone cheerfully about the show. Uh, podcast listeners, leave us a five-star rating and review. Coming up later in mere hours, four hours from now, we're going to be live on playback. A little watch party. For the NBA Paris game. That's right. This is going to catch a lot of people by surprise today. But the Cavs and the Nets are playing a game in France. And we'll be on playback. And that link is in the show notes. So join us. Join our room and uh, come kick it with us as we watch a little afternoon basketball here. Breakfast basketball. Brunch basketball for you West Coasters. I bet Donovan Mitchell is getting new glasses in Paris. Uh, We're just looking at the photo right now if you're on YouTube right now. His photos that he wore for these photos, I guess he took out his contacts, put his put his glasses on because he was tired. They're a little crooked. Well, his head's crooked. <laughs> I mean, his head is kind of slanted, yeah. Anyways. They are sort of dated-looking glasses. Exactly. I will I will give you that, but yeah. maybe those are back in style now. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> we had another wedgie last night. This is unreal. We are on a great run right now. It was Michael Porter Jr. in Utah. Little turnaround fadeaway there. Nice wedgie. The boys let it breathe. Good stuff from Keontae George. Yep, yep. Don't think about it. Let it stay there. Uh, so that's number 26 on the season. Look at that pace. Up to 58. Go to wedgietracker.com. They've done a great job updating the site. Click on more stats when you go because, man, it literally says stats for nerds and it's everything about wedgies. <laughs> It'll tell you, like, how frequent, how many possessions go by on average till we get a wedgie? How many minutes are played? So go check that out, wedgietracker.com. JJ Reddick was on the call, and he actually said last night, oh, I believe that's wedgie number 27 on the year. Ooh! It was oh so close. I almost had to be like, hold on, did I miss one in one of the earlier games? Does JJ know something I don't? So close. Appreciate him trying, but uh, yeah, got to put wedgietracker.com there. Uh, in your bookmarks. Yeah, I like the idea that at this point, a national broadcaster would be doing a disservice to the audience if they don't check Wedgie Tracker yeah. prior to the game. you yeah. got to have all that information ready just in case you see something magical like last night. Yep, that's exactly right. So uh, <laughs> keep trying, JJ. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to commit to a number because you were real close. Uh, let's get into the games last night. We're going to bounce around here a little bit. Let's start with uh, one we did jump on playback for. And it was entertaining. Tatum keeping the Celtics' home winning streak alive. They are 18-0 in Boston this year against the Wolves. I mean, so this was the best versus the best in the East and the West. Bars, TK, takeaways from this overtime game. This is the pinnacle of Wednesday night January basketball. First place in one conference, first place in the other conference. They actually had a ton of intensity. It was close the entire night. Went into overtime. Basically... A flip-flop game of the one they played in Minnesota mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the year, which is also a uh, game of the year uh, candidate. 
But it kind of came down to who was the better clutch player, mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards or Jason Tatum, and Tatum got the best of them yep. in this one. 26 points over the course of the fourth quarter and overtime for Tatum. The last two minutes of this game, after the TSN turning point of uh, a recall with Ant Edwards driving to the hoop, did he get fouled on the shot that went over the hoop? Was it a clean block? Who knows? It ended up being Celtics ball, and Tatum went into takeover mode. In the last two minutes, he gets downhill for a layup. Uh, I forget who he bumped. Maybe McDaniels. I think McDaniels had five fouls at that point. He didn't want to get his sixth foul, which he did a little bit later. Puts him in the basket. Easy layup. That was nice. Then he had that sidestep three-pointer yeah. on Carl Anthony Towns. Missed a step back, but it was a nice move. And then grifted a couple of free throws off Carl Anthony Towns. Down on the baseline. Pump faked him. Goes to the free throw line. Makes the first. Misses the second. The only miss from the free throw line <laughs> on the night for the Celtics. Of course, Derek White flies in. Gets the rebound. Uh, they miss. Uh, they get the jumper to put him up a couple. Tatum did miss at the buzzer at the end of regulation, uh, but you know he got an okay shot. And then in overtime, got a dunk off the dribble, got downhill for another layup on Towns, and then hit the three to ice it. This is great stuff uh, from Tatum. And on the flip side, Edwards, some bad decision making, some bad turnovers in the final uh, eight minutes of the game. 0 for five, three turnovers and two assists. He looked like he didn't really know what was going on out there yeah. with pressing a little bit. But it was nice for Edwards to come off a six-point game against the Orlando Magic the day before and have this opportunity to take over a lot uh, in Boston on a back-to-back where the Boston Celtics, they're due to lose a home game coming into this game at 17-0. They're now 18-0 at home. That's the best they've ever been in the history of this franchise, going back to when they used to steal championships with Bill Russell doing their thing way back when. So that's that's pretty cool. But the Timberwolves were on the back-to-back. They fly in the day of because of a storm. No Rudy Gobert, no Mike Conley. So watching Edwards in this game, he, he looked great. Um, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker gave the Wolves a nine-point lead with f- four minutes left in that fourth quarter. So it looked like they'd be solid enough uh, to hold in. Uh, he, he was awesome taking Michael Conley's starting job here, handling the ball, reverse finishes. Uh, he, he looked awesome. He hit that three. The thing was Carl Anthony Towns... Even though his, his stat line is really good, he had the op- the opportunity to be something in the fourth quarter. No field goal attempts in the fourth quarter. He just sort of disappeared, and then in overtime he showed up. So zero field goal attempts in the fourth minute, alive in overtime, especially with no Porzingis. You'd think he'd be able to to take over a little bit. This was their game to steal, uh, but it was great to see. Uh, yeah, t- just Tatum be Tatum um, because he 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 doesn't get. He doesn't get all the the publicity as you know a superstar at all times, just because there's so many other guys that get the MVP love in this in this league. But he can take over. Tatum and Brown combined for 80 points. <laughs> it's the most they've ever combined for in a single game. Wow, sort of caught me by surprise. But 45 from Tatum and then 35 from Brown. He did a lot of his scoring sort of early in the game, but. Uh, yeah, this was a fun game, man. Like, I don't know if this will be the finals matchup. I don't think I would bet probably on the Wolves being the team to come out of the West. Celtics, feel a lot more confident about them uh, representing the East. But if it is, it'd be a hell of a series when you look at the two games they've played because both super entertaining. And yeah, Minnesota, they're going to be kicking themselves because, yeah, back-to-back situation got in obviously late, like you said, the day of really, uh, down a couple guys. They played Boston for like... 44 minutes of this game, I thought, like really sort of looked like they were going to win with Kyle Anderson and Nikhil Alexander-Walker doing like the heavy lifting down the stretch. We were on playback. We thought it was a wrap. Like when they went up like seven with like 240 to go, we're like, well, that might be it. They may have pulled this off. But yeah, then it was Tatum time and uh, big shot after big shot and great defense on Anthony Edwards too. That's going to be a learning experience for him because the way they were like, here comes Al Horford just running a double at you and like making you make a pass. And then he got caught that one time he dribbles like, you know, Drew's up on him. Anthony Edwards dribbles to Derek White. Uh, I can't think of like a scarier one-two perimeter defenders to like dribble into on the side. The the defender is the uh, sideline as the third guy, and he just turned it away. He turned around. He panicked, and then Drew just picked it, and the, they obviously went the uh, other way and scored. But uh, great game, really entertaining game. And uh, again, if we get to this come June, I think a lot of people will be excited about the matchup. Probably the Celtics would be the heavy favorites, but whew. Fun stuff. Good stuff on playback, too. We got a nice run going. Yeah, that was nice. Three consecutive yeah. playback games have been bangers. So we need a triple overtime game from Paris this afternoon between the Cavs and the Nets. Didn't they go to overtime once in Paris? 
DeRozan? <laughs> the Bull? Uh, they played last year. 12 months ago. No, I mean, no, no, the Bulls no, smacked them. I feel like there was a, uh, a really... Oh, I can't remember if it was double overtime or not. It doesn't matter. Who cares? There's only three, only two games that have been played in Paris as a regular season game. Really? So you can get, we can get to the bottom of it pretty quickly. Just go to WestonTracker.com. Wow. Uh, <laughs> ParisTracker.com. <laughs> ParisTracker, yeah. It was last year. The Bulls handled the Pistons. What was the one before that? Nobody knows. No, uh, nobody remembers. Nobody. Uh, it, was the, it was the Charlotte Hornets. They definitely played. Oh, the they, Tony Parker group. Yeah, but he was retired. Yeah, <laughs> but they gave him the game anyways. Yeah, it was the Hornets versus somebody. I forget who it was. Somebody else that had a French player on their team. Mm, okay. Um, uh, Towns should have got the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he was cooking. Um, but that to me is a combination of Edwards pressing and honestly taking too long to get in the offense. They mm. were getting into their offenses with like eight seconds left, and then that's when the Celtics would throw the double team at him, and he had those brutal turnovers. And that's also a fact uh, factor of. Conley was missing. Conley right. would have gotten some smart shots, and when the Wolves were starting to short-circuit offensively, he would have made sure that Towns was getting touches because the Celtics really didn't have an answer for Towns last night. He was so physical, and yeah, um, Kyle Anderson had a nice run at one point, but in the fourth quarter, overtime, he was doing absolutely nothing. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I think he probably should have still been out there, but I would have subbed him out for Conley if Conley was available, just so that they could get some solid offense because it looked really, really bad uh, for Edwards. He didn't make a shot the last six and a half minutes uh, of the game, hit a free throw at the end of the reg- at the end of regulation, and didn't score in overtime. Yeah, you're right. They missed their starting point. So I didn't, think it, I didn't think it was on Towns at all. I thought it was mostly on Edwards, mm-hmm. kind of going haywire, trying to win the game like he did in Minnesota. Yeah. Because he had done it before, you're right. Yeah, I don't know what game I was thinking of. Maybe it was a preseason game or something, but you're right. It's only the third regular season NBA game to be played in Paris. Bucks hornets in 2020. There we go. And then uh, Bulls-Pistons in 23. And now we got Cavs-Nets. All right, moving on here. The Warriors booed again at home as they lose big to the Pelicans on ABC. This is now two consecutive games in which they've got blown out. Mm-hmm. The Warriors have uh, two consecutive games in which they never held the lead. Two consecutive games in which their home fans are raining down the booze here. They got punked once again, Tass. And Curry uh, had a lot to say about this after the game and this idea of, like, the vibes suck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's clear watching Steph Curry not only play, just his face. He, he He's usually... A charismatic guy. He just loves playing basketball, so he's out there doing his thing. You can just see him staring into the abyss. Just he just he's in, he sits on the bench, and you can just look at it, his the the physical gestures, everything he's doing. He just looks he looks lost. This team looks lost. It was unbelievable in the first half. This is a nationally TV, a national TV game here, and uh, to me, after losing the way they did, I thought there would be a better effort defensively. And they start Looney, they start Kuminga, and they start Bochemski alongside Curry and Clay, and that's the way it's going to be. Curry and Clay, and we got to figure out this starting lineup because Steve Kerr can't. He just there yeah. just there's no effort there. It was it was sad, and then even the bench uh, just wasn't there. They they brought it down to nine points at some point, um, but the Andrew Wiggins experience uh, uh, minus twenty nine off the bench. He just hasn't been that guy, and the fact that Draymond Green is there supporting. It's just a little odd to me because he's had the opportunity to play in two games since the suspension, but because he didn't touch a ball for 10 days, uh, which is, I I guess, a good thing. Um, He can't get through to Wiggins. So nobody's showing up. 141 points in this game. The Pelicans absolutely smacked them. You know, Moody was good off the bench, but seeing Curry so deflated, he did get hurt. Um, He's staring into the distance because they don't know who they are or what they are, and that's... That's the wild part, um, and to, uh, I, I just, I just don't know. <laughs> I'm like him. I really don't know. This was a big team that they were going up against, a huge yeah. team, and and they the Pelicans just dominated from the get go. I just yeah. expected the Warriors' defense to be alive in this game, and it absolutely was. It not. It was the opposite. They gave up 46 points to the Pelicans in the first quarter. That's the most points they've given up in an entire quarter all season long, and. Uh, I saw here ESPN Stats and Info, 39 uncontested shots for the Pelicans in this game. So the defense was not there. Curry, 15 points and 6 assists. Coming off a game in which he shot 2 of 14, missed all 9 of his 3-pointers. So he's in a slump. Bad timing there with the way the rest of the guys are playing. And yeah, he's saying, he's acknowledging, Trey, this idea of like, we might need to shake this up. Might. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, but... This is from from Curry. You don't hear this often. You know, it's more of a LeBron move, right? Where you talk about the roster buildup and the makeup of a team, and he is now saying, "Yeah, 
like what's the definition of insanity? You're just doing the same thing over and over again, and uh, we got to shake it up here. So maybe trades are to come. He said they got to shake it up, and Steve Kerr said they lost their spirit, their belief, and their confidence. That's not good. Uh, I totally agree. The The Warriors looked like they lacked discipline, and obviously they're completely lacking in size. They were overhelping, I thought, the entire game. They were jumping at every single pump fake. What did you say the number was for uncontested 39. shots? 39. 39. I saw 29 of their three-pointers were considered wide open. Mm. They shot 64% on twos. Uh, the Pelicans did 64 points in the paint. They were faster in the fast break, 14-9 to nine there. A career or a season high 19 threes for the Pelicans. They had 37 assists. They carved the Warriors up completely here, and that's why you're seeing Steph being dejected in these post game press conferences. This is the worst team he's been on since before they started winning championships. Mm. And what's the change here? Either they got to ship out championship pieces, like they would be happy to be find somebody to take Wiggins. Of course. At this point, Kevon Looney feels like he's at the end of his career right now. The guy could rest for two weeks at this point. Draymond Green. He's eligible to play, but apparently not ready yet. And now they're going on a four-game road trip. Do you want to bring him back on the road where he's going to be heckled like crazy every single night? Or do you want to wait till uh, you get back home where you can't win a game? That's another concern for the Warriors. They can't win at home, and they have had like the fewest road games in the league so far mm. this season. So their schedule is going to get tougher. And the shakeup, it's hard to see where it's coming from. Because it's either going to be at the trade deadline, which is another four weeks away. Or it's going to be Draymond coming back and hopefully... Uh, his attitude helps them figure something out, but they feel like they're beaten right now. And you can tell it's wearing on Steph in, let's see how many games they played in January and December, a total of 18 games. He's shooting 41% from the field over the course of 18 games. That's a quarter of the season of a slump. Yeah. Yeah. Because teams are gearing up to take that away from him. Willie Green's Pelicans last night were so good at just spotting Curry when he brought up the ball. They were very good at it. They were ready for this game. The Warriors look like that team in 1920 to me. You know, in between uh, the championships when they were 15 and 50, they look like they just didn't know what they're running out there. And the the main thing that got them to the championships was Draymond Green and the energy. So that's going to be the first change. And I'm shocked to see him not be out there the, these couple games. Uh, obviously, I guess he's not there physically, but that's going to be their first change. He's going to play. He's 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 just going to get out there, there. The Warriors are hope. just going to maintain hope that. Curry, Draymond, and Clay yeah. can keep them competitive. <laughs> that's that's the first change, and, yeah. and hopefully he gets through to Wiggins. But uh, it's 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 difficult to comprehend. It's just difficult to 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 see this team. They literally won a championship less than two years ago. So it's it's odd to see who they are and what they've become. And it just seems like the end. We'll see what Draymond if Draymond Green can be that can be that gear to make them change. But four weeks from today, there is a trade deadline. And our man Anthony Slater at the score, at the score, at the athletic, um, he just talked about potential a DeJounte Murray uh, acquisition. They have talked about that. He, he potted about it. That would, to me, would just be another another small, another small guy uh, when they, they do lack the bigs. But, they have holes. They have holes on the wings, and they have holes at the five. <laughs> but that's where Draymond Green's supposed to fill in. They mm-hmm. just—they have a lot of holes right now. They need Siakam more than anybody. Yeah, yeah. They really do. They should overpay for him because, I mean, how long is Steph Curry going to have patience is another question that has to be asked for the Warriors. If it's going to be, you know, last season they were saying it was the last dance, and then they chalked it all up to the Jordan Poole incident. Even coming into this year, they're like, oh, our vibes are so great. Their vibes are not great mm-hmm. right now. And the guy is getting further on into his career. He's 35 years old, had a great start to the season, and has uh, been wearing it, I feel like, ever since, you know, the second half of the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, so what type of deal does that look like? Chris Paul's contract, yep. Kuminga, or, or Moody? I mean, it's got to be a, an enticing young prospect, you would think. And then draft capital, uh, which they do have in the future, be it picks, swaps, stuff like that. And is, then is that enough to uh, get the Raptors That's uh, a good interested? question. Yeah. But it's got to be – I guess that's what the package would be. I, I I really don't think the Raptors, like many other teams, are interested in Andrew Wiggins <laughs> and that deal. So I'm taking him out of this part. But, yeah, you know, Siakam would help. They just got sure. a Canadian. They're good with R.J. <laughs> yes, Barrett. That's right. Um, that's right. Can't but, get too many of them. Yeah, Chris Paul's $30 million does factor in pretty well to acquiring yes. a guy who gets paid, like Pascal Siakam does right now. So it does make some sense mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, moving on here, Jordan Clarkson scores 27 points, 9 assists to help the surging Jazz 
beat the Nuggets 124-111. This is one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Yep. Utah, like, climbing in the Western Conference standings, shot 55% from the field. They had 18 fast break points, running it down their throat. Uh, had 34 assists on 46 made baskets. Like, this was a dominant victory from the Jazz. And they have beaten the 76ers by 11, the Bucks by 16, and now the Nuggets by 13 in the span of five days here. They've taken down, like, some of the best teams in the league, and I uh, just thought this was a really, really dominant victory there in Utah in their purple throwbacks. There. Yeah, the Jazz have have ten guys that they're playing. Mm-hmm. Hardy has them playing extremely hard. They're nineteen and twenty. That's the same record as they were last year at this time when they started off extremely yeah. well. They've won eight of ten games. They come into each of their rotation. I bring up Will Hardy's rotation because. They don't play guys extremely heavy in the starting lap. There's only one guy who played 30 minutes, and that's their star, Larry Markkinen. But everybody just knows what to do out there. And so compare it to what happened with Steve Kerr and the Pelicans. The Pelicans know what to do. This is exactly what uh, the Jazz did. Larry and John Collins, they're they're the starting big men of four and five. Sexton Dunn. Chris Dunn and Colin Sexton are their backcourt. Simone Fontecchio is their small forward. That's what they start with. And he played incredible defense. I thought they did a great job of taking away Jokic's passes. Jokic only had one assist on a cutter. And usually, you know, he can (laughs) rack those up. He only had six assists total. Uh, But that starting five that I just mentioned smacked the the Nuggets. It's It it looks like a 13-point win. There's no chance that happened. Just just watch how they came out and beat them. 25-11 to start the game. And then 21-9 to end the second quarter. Starters versus starters. They led by 18 at half. The Jazz play hard, even though they may not have the super stardom uh, of team against teams that play hard to to be able to win a series. They can beat anybody, um, especially now here in January, February. They're playing ridiculously hard. Yeah. Any thoughts from this game? Yeah, I was just impressed with the Jazz guards. I thought they were all getting in the lane time after time, and basically. Jazz won this game the exact same way they beat the Bucks. Like, they completely surprised the Nuggets in the first quarter, hit a ton of threes, and then just kept running the ball down their throats. 27 points, 9 assists for Clarkson. 22 points, 4 assists for Colin Sexton. Keontae George, 6 points, 3 assists. Like, that's a dominant backcourt um, performance from the Nuggets, and the, or from the Jazz, and then the Nuggets on the flip side. Nobody really established themselves. Like, Jokic took 9 shots. He would have had more attempts. He did take 12 free throws, you know? So, yeah. uh, definitely had more shooting attempts, but the Nuggets weren't completely into their flow, and the Jazz took advantage of it, because I think teams probably are overlooking them since they had such a slow start to the season. They play a funky style. They play pretty fast and try to get up a whole bunch of threes. So, when they're hitting like they have been in the past three games, they can beat anybody. Yeah, and I did like the game plan. It seemed to like to uh, try and make uh, Jokic a score, you know, that whole, yeah. like, uh, oh, can you do that and take away the, the passing that he wants to do? They did a great job of that. They also regularly attacked Michael Porter Jr. That's smart to do. And the Nuggets can usually live with it if he's giving you some points back on the other end. You know, they'll live with him uh, maybe getting attacked defensively, but... He had a rough night, five points, two and nine shooting. So good game plan. Jazz are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Uh, maybe fire up a Jazz game on League Pass if you haven't been watching. The Nuggets can't win in Salt Lake City either. They've lost six straight there. I know it's a tough place to go and play, but you wouldn't think for them. With the altitude, they're used to it. Um, so uh, people sure. in, Don't you, people in Utah say that Denver is a lower altitude? Mm-hmm. I feel like I saw people in Salt Lake City were talking trash about Denver. Like, it's a high. mile high. Who cares? <laughs> we got more height than they do. Yeah. They don't, we don't need to put numbers on our uh, alternate jersey. Who cares? They, did, they covered the paint pretty well. The Nuggets only had 40 points in the paint. I guess they're tall. No, but they did They did a good job of yeah, guarding Jamal Murray as well. Simone Fontecchio did a pretty good job just slowing him down. He didn't have a good game, and they couldn't get into the paint other than Jokic you know, shooting it. But they took away his assists, that's for sure. What do you got here on the altitude? Yeah, a quick look up. Denver, 5280, of course. Yeah, yeah. Salt Lake City, only 4265. Oh, jeez. They got but, beat by 1,000. But, oh, Park City, Utah, 6,900 Ooh, feet wow. elevation. And it's right there, only 20 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. Remember we were in the uh, that Uber ride when we were at Salt Lake City yeah. for All-Star Weekend, and we were talking about skiing and stuff like that, and uh, the uh, Uber driver was like, yeah, it's way better to ski here in uh, Salt Lake City because all of the resorts are like 20 minutes from yeah. downtown Salt Lake City. 
you go to Denver, you got hours to get to these places. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like, okay, cool. That's why I'm dressed so like I'm hitting the slopes here today. <laughs> Man's an abominable snowman. That's right. That's yeah. right. Those mountains look fake when you land in the airport. I know. Yeah. Yeah. What are you surrounded here? You go see the stars. You can see the stars extremely well. It's just minutes away. Wow. All right. Uh, let's get this news in here. Weminyama notched his first career triple-double as the Spurs beat the Pistons. 16 points, 12 boards, 10 assists, zero turnovers for Wemby in 21 minutes, Trey. <laughs> 21 minutes. <laughs> I saw a comment on this article on The Athletic. Go get a subscription, theathletic.com slash no dunks. David H. wrote, it was like the first comment, so it had a lot of likes on it. Playing the Pistons sort of gives Wemby a glimpse of the college career he never had. <laughs> and then somebody after that said, eh, more like high school. Uh, and it was like, yeah, maybe some truth to that when playing Detroit Pistons right now. But yeah. what a game. Yeah, 21 minutes. <laughs> that's, that's pretty a, impressive. Yeah. And I guess you maybe he could have had a quadruple double. Zero blocks for Wembenyama, but I would say he had at least 10 scares he did. in this game. He did. He was very frightening at the rim. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, the made shots weren't that impressive. <laughs> he made six shots against the tiny Pistons team. They did play James Wiseman, who was seven feet tall, but everybody else looked like they were about 6'6 six, six, uh, compared to Wembenyama, but the passing was oh. awesome. The fastball he threw to Jeremy Sohan for a layup. That was incredible. He, that should be every play for the Spurs. <laughs> Either one way or the other. Either Wembenyama should rebound it and chuck it as far down the court as he can, or somebody else should rebound it and chuck, chuck it to Wembenyama. Yeah. That should be their only two plays they have. <laughs> that was a nice one. He had a nice no-look around Boyan Bogdanovich. He then threw the ball through Boyan Bogdanovich's legs yeah, on the nutmeg. fast break. And had a nice little behind the back uh, to Sohan, uh, cutting uh, off a rebound as well. So pretty cool stuff from Wembenyama. Though I did notice, I went and looked at his shooting splits. Outside of 10 feet, the guy is shooting 30%. Mm. He's been playing a lot better since he got moved to center because he's a center. <laughs> he ain't a shooting guard. So keep him close to the rim. It works. I like the play where uh, Wembenyama sort of flashes into the paint and you just throw it in there. You don't even have to be good at throwing it. Just throw it high enough and he will just tip it up in the air to himself over these other 6'9", 6'10", humans mm-hmm. and then grab it and then just dunk it. Like, he did that. He's done that a couple times this year. But the passing was great. He had, like, you know, you see triple-double from a center, and you're like, let me go look at these assists. Like, these might be the, like, here, three-point shooter. Splash away. There was not many of those. I mean, Doug McDermott's 10th one, his 10th assist for Wemby was that. But, yeah, there was, like, four or five highlight real passes here. He's got the touch, Tasmel. He does for a have 7'3", the touch. 7'4", dude. And I do, I do think in year two, as he gets stronger and stronger, they are going to play him down low more and more, and he'll be more comfortable down low and more and more, and the assists will just go up because I imagine bodies will be flying at him to stop him and he'll be able to to see he only averages three assists per game he averages more blocks than assists per game um at 3.2 he leads the league in blocks so this one with no blocks rare for him mm-hmm. it's been two months that he's had a block in every game so hmm. this his last his last egg was two months ago uh, but this was <laughs> This was heartbreaking for the Pistons. You're looking at that guy. You're looking at him, and you say, <laughs> that could have been us. That could have been They had the worst record in the NBA last year, but because of the Lotto, uh, the, yeah, the, Spurs, the Spurs moved up, and the Pistons moved way down. Yeah. Um, so it's unfortunate for them. That was that was heartbreaking for, for Pistons fans, I'm sure. And no Cade. I mean, they, that was, they're just not as fun to watch without Cade. Uh, this was the second fewest minutes in a triple-double performance in the shot clock era. Westbrook played uh, 20 minutes and 17 seconds when he had a triple-double for OKC in 2014 versus the 76ers. And I got a little trivia here. Weminyama, fourth rookie to have a triple-double without a turnover since they started tracking turnovers back in 77-78. Can you name the other Three rookies, mm-hmm. triple double, no turnovers. Uh, again, since LeBron since we started James. tracking it, no, no, surprisingly, Jason Kidd. No, no, we got one um, one current player, but I hesitate to say current because <laughs> this guy unfortunately doesn't play a lot of basketball right now. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons yeah. did it. Uh, oh, Michael Carter Williams. No, <laughs> no, no, but he played for the Sixers. Uh, this guy, the other guy. This was the toughest one. I was like, Whoa. Allen Iverson. No, but man, you're close on the initials. <laughs> Andre Iguodala. That's right. He did it. Mom. And then one more. Think, uh, think of where Wemby is, and uh, you know where, a rookie where, that, where he is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> David so, Robinson. Center. Nice. David Robinson. Ben Simmons. Iguodala. David Robinson. And now Wemby. 
Rookies with a trip dub, no turnovers. There we go. I was thinking about a French guy when you said where he is. No, he's not in France. He's not over there. Yeah. <laughs> next year, next year. Uh, okay, let me show you the Eastern Conference standings, guys, because uh, in the other East wins, we had the Pacers improving to 22-15. and 15. Uh, Jalen Big Johnson stars as the Hawks outlasted the 76ers, 139-132 in overtime. And then the Bulls, baby. You see them there now in the ninth spot in the east uh they won their third in a row any takeaways from the eastern conference other games no i told you the bulls are good yeah wow <laughs> they they are indeed look at their 18 and 21 knocking on uh well i guess there are a few back still but uh six and 14 their first 20 games 12 and 7 their next nine games tied for the fifth best record in the league in those 19 games that's a quarter of the season right there this game, though, they didn't score the last one, the last three thirty of regulation or the first one thirty of overtime. Once again, the exact same thing happened, and their win over the Hornets. It was honestly too much DeRozan iso ball. They were just like, "Here, try and make a shot to save the game for us." Here, it wasn't happening. Uh, but then in overtime, the ball started moving. Kobe White got some touches, and Zach Levine got some touches. And Zach Levine had an incredible game uh, in his first game back in the starting lineup for the Bulls. He finished with 25 points, 13 rebounds yeah. for Zach Levine, seven assists. He's playing a team basketball right now, and it benefits everybody in Chicago. It benefits the Bulls because they've found something with a more team-centric approach right here. It benefits the team because they're winning games, and it benefits Levine to look like a team player out there. This is 100% an audition for him <laughs> right now because his reputation was taking some hits when the Bulls took off once he finally yeah. uh, sat down. 31 assists last night on 42 makes, a season-high 19 threes for the Bulls. And I even saw Bill Simmons <laughs> say that the Bulls are top six in the Eastern Conference. Come on. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. I'm glad you did. Top six. Well, he's ready to fight you if you, you want to counter that. Uh, All right, here's your top five. Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Miami, New York. Yes. So honestly, if you want to say Miami only beats bad teams, I would listen. Well, not come playoff time, but okay, yeah. It ain't the playoffs. Okay. Well, that matters when I'm moving forward. But well, the, the playoffs are not like six better months than the from Heat. now. Yes. I didn't say they were better than the Heat. Okay, okay. I'm just saying the Heat maybe are not the fourth best team, and they only beat bad teams. Mm, okay. Uh, then next. Who's after, who's after the Knicks? They're in the mix with Cleveland, Orlando, and Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Those are the, those are the squads. They are. Uh, they have fought their way up into the conversation. There's no doubt. Who would you they have sixth it. right now? Any of those three teams: Cleveland, Orlando. You know, one of those two teams. Okay. Um, but the question is here now that they look like a play-in team. Do they go forward and just trade Zach Levine? I know he is the guy to trade, but hey. Billy did well. Billy did well. Uh, Donovan did well to put bring him off the bench as he came back and then throw him in the starting lineup. And the same with Vooch is now into the starting lineup as well. Uh, that his first game back. Uh, they obviously look very good. Uh, and it's nice to be in the East. There's no way they can miss the play-in. Um, so, yeah. I wonder what, what that means for four weeks from today. Obviously, Zach is looking better. And, yeah, he has – he's showing it. I mean, that was, that was great. The, the rebounds, obviously, in that game. It looks like a player. Hawks are trying to get into this play-in conversation. Um, again, Jalen Big Johnson, awesome game from him. Uh, no Embiid, I should note that, obviously, for the Sixers uh, in the loss. But Atlanta, yeah. they're, a, they're a classic 11-11 and 11 when Jalen Johnson plays, and they are 4-10 and 10 when he does it. So he's pretty – he's been very instrumental to their success. I mean, not a lot of success, but uh, decent record when he's in the lineup, brutal when he's not, and they needed that one. I mean, I thought Maxi was going to steal it from them uh, in the end of, end of regulation, but they got it done in overtime. Entertaining game. Yeah, Embiid not in this one, as you said. He's on pace to not qualify – to be the MVP uh -oh. with how many games he's missed and because he, the 76ers aren't even halfway through the season and he's he's missed nine games, uh, you can't miss that many. Um, so what's going to happen here? Let's talk this out. 18, Embiid's eight, gonna 17 finish is this... the minimum. you got to play 65. So, okay, so he's going to finish the season having played 64 games. His stats will be like, uh, whatever, you know, 35 and 13. Their record will be insane when he plays, brutal when he doesn't, but he won't get MVP. Because he can't, because of the new rules. So they'll change all the rules the next following season and say, get rid of it. <laughs> I'm just talking about what's going to happen here because it'll possible. be something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's yeah. possible. Yeah. I, I do think, uh, looking at it, the Sixers are 
are slowly moving down in, in the third seed. Teams are coming for the third yeah. seed. I think the Knicks are going to be able to steal that third seed uh, from the Philadelphia Sanders because it's only a game and a half back. They can do it. Uh, they can do it. Western Conference standing. Let's jump over to the other side there. Uh, Thunder beat the Heat pretty handedly. Uh, they sit in Wait, a good sec- team? Good team yeah, beat the Heat? The OKC That's crazy. OKC beat them. That's right. Uh, Clippers stay hot. Man, they beat the Raps. Uh, they are in fourth spot. We'll talk about Kawhi later. And the Kings got revenge, I guess, against the Hornets, who surprised them the other night. So they picked up a much-needed victory. Um any takeaways from those games or was, the standings? There? I was a damn good loss for the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> they played well. They played extremely – no Siakam, no Pirtle, and, th- and those aren't excuses, but they were there fighting. Every single one of their guys, they are able to drive in and kick, drive and kick, and drive and kick. They're buying into what Darko wanted to do before the season. This looks like a different team after trading OG Ananobi yeah. in that they want to get into the lane – and move it, and everybody has to share it. In this game, you, you, I was a little worried when when the Quickly Barrett trade happened. That quickly, well, I'm going to be the field goal attempt leader, no problem. Scotty Barnes, I want to shoot the most. In this game, Barrett <laughs> and Quickly tied with the most shots in this game because they were driving and kicking. And it's it's not just that. The defense is so good. They go zone man, zone man, whatever Darko Ryakovich asks from from the bench, and and the, to see their their bench players come on. Uh, and play so well it was great until the fourth quarter. They, yeah, it was it was it was the Kawhi show, and that's cool. That's cool. They do have literally. You look at their their team with Kawhi and Paul George and James Harden, and you look what what the Raptors threw out there with Quickly and Barrett and Barnes. That this went to the fourth quarter on a back to back after the Lakers stole one from them. This was a good loss. It, it was a, it was a good game to watch. There was a lot of um, what's going on memes the old wind horse pointy fingers when uh, Siakam was ruled out of this game with I guess a back issue so he didn't play and then uh, everybody did get hit the night before yeah yeah I know, I know. but you know what people do they go oh, oh suddenly he's not playing and then you're looking at all the other rosters who's not playing in those games oh okay interesting mm. is there a Pacers trade happening here is there another team trade so um yeah you're right yeah. he did injure his back and <laughs> yeah. maybe that was the reason in a back-to-back situation or but... you don't have to travel that's nice yeah that's right. Lakers, <laughs> Clippers. uh do you have any other uh takeaways uh there TK from some of the Western Conference victories I don't have any very big takeaways here except for Jimmy Butler has played one game since December 18th. Wow. So I guess he's not going to be winning any of these. Uh, no, he's <laughs> he not. said, I don't care Once, about awards. Well, I care about those banners, which I don't have. Yeah, yeah, he is. That's true. One on? game? One game. Yeah, he played December 30th. That's it. I guess they're saving him for the playoffs. I mean, there's no other way. He is old. And and Tom Thibodeau worked him to the bone. <laughs> I, I just I just think it's, it's four weeks away from the trade deadline. I think this just means that the Heat are going to go for it with the trade. They are going to try and trade for somebody to be side by side, Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. because again, Jimmy ain't getting younger. So uh, he's not so getting who? more capable. Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray. Anybody will take anybody. Jesus Christ! Dejounte <laughs> Murray's been put on every team imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the Good Zach to be a Levine. Clutch guy. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they wanted Dame before the season. Zach Levine could make sense. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we got to talk about Kawhi Leonard signing an extension with the Clippers and a bunch of other news. Don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. Let's get out the newspapers and play a little Is This News. Yeah, some headlines for the boys and debate whether or not they are newsworthy and break them all down. First one from The Athletic, a fine sports website. Uh, Clippers' Kawhi Leonard signs three-year, $152.4 million extension. <laughs> Tass Mellis, your eyes got big there when I yeah. said the number. Is this news? Yeah. This is news. Kawhi Leonard hasn't finished a playoffs in four years, and he's going to get paid 50 mil per year for the next three years, and he just had his second right knee surgery in the offseason. So, yeah, it's good news. 
Listen, when he plays in those games, you can call him the best player. I did when he played in those two games against the Phoenix Suns last year in the playoffs, and then he went out to have surgery on that right knee, and he thinks he's capable and able and healthy enough to play in each game. As This is the first year he hasn't managed his load and, and sat out games in a long time. He's the face of this team. Now, I just wonder... They're going to the Intuit Dome next season. Their <laughs> their new arena. Yeah. And I, I wonder here if they just want Kawhi Leonard to be the face of the team, and they say, "Hey, let's sign a contract," because the the future of this team is sort of up in the air beyond you know, this off season. When again, I, I, they they could be so good. They could come out of the Western Conference if they're all healthy. Right. Um, but maybe that's what they're signing into. They're just signing Kawhi to be the face of this team. But if he's healthy, again, this team could be phenomenal. And I love this potential perfect tasty sandwich that this could produce. Listen to this. If if Kawhi plays in all three seasons, mm-hmm. he would have played seven with the Spurs, one with the Raptors, <laughs> and then seven mm. with the Clippers if he retires after that seven. Which is possible. Hence the Look sa- at the sandwich. Hence Look at the that sandwich. sandwich. That's there a lot go. of bread. Well, it's a heavy bread. <laughs> and then one bread. slice of salami in the middle. Yeah. What kind of sandwich is Kawhi like? I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't is eat it? sandwiches. <laughs> He's a soup guy. There is <laughs> robots don't eat food. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. There, there is go. that one photo of him at the the Raptors restaurant or Raptors Toronto restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was around the parade. He looked happy. <laughs> okay. That was the one time he ate a sandwich. Once. He went to the <laughs> restaurant once. <laughs> he went to a sandwich. restaurant once, and then he said, "Never again." I heard all you humans Too much talking going about on. restaurants. I wanted to uh, see what, it what do you think? What do you think about this uh, extension here from good, the clips and Kawhi? Kawhi. Look, uh, those toilets are going to be filled. Skeets, mm-hmm. Steve Ballmer, complete crap. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's going to be excited. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is risky. You could be playing Kawhi Leonard for three seasons, and he doesn't play in any of them. But he's healthy right now. He's balling right now. And the guy has smiled more in the past two months than he has in the past however many seasons you said he played. The guy is loving the Clippers right now. And maybe it's because it's all L.A. guys. Like, sure, Kawhi is the face of the franchise, but going forward, it's Kawhi. Paul George will be getting his extension next. They're going to pay James Harden in the summer, and Russell Westbrook is there. That's four literal L.A. guys who all grew up together, now playing for an L.A. team, opening a new arena. It makes sense. It's a $50 million investment to be able to open the (laughs) the arena, and that is nothing for Steve Ballmer. He's like, I don't care if this is a risk. I'll just sell another operating system. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, sure. I want to know when season seats go up for sale. I wonder if they say, hey, uh, we're starting tomorrow because we just signed Kawhi this contract. I wonder if that's one plus one. But it is interesting you said said all those names because Paul George could be a free agent this offseason. James Harden is a free agent this offseason. Russell Westbrook could be a free agent this offseason. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting team. This is big news for the Clips. I mean, also, like, think about how they started this season. Uh, I think they were 8-10. and Obviously, they make the James Harden trade. That did not look good at the start. They are really struggling. And since then, 16-3 and record. They're number four in the Western Conference, as we showed you there on the standings. They lead their division. They're only behind the Minnesota Timberwolves by two games for the number one seed in the conference. So this Kawhi extension, you know, promotes a little stability, right, moving forward into the new arena. And it's one thing, like, checked off the to-do list, I assume, of Balmer and Lawrence Frank and and the Clippers organization because you said it. There's a lot more business to do. What happens with Paul George? By all accounts, they're working on a potential extension for here. We should note, you know, this is a lot of money for a guy that's played, like, basically 50% of the games uh, in L.A., Uh, but it's a discount. It's not max. It's pretty damn close, It's not max. It's It's leaving a little bit of money on the table for potentially Paul George, obviously Harden. So this is good. I'm saying this is pretty impressive here um, that they... The L.A. Clippers <laughs> have a nice little foundation here. Again, it's just all just comes down to whether or not these guys can <laughs> play in the playoffs. That's it. Yeah. They're tough out if they are. They have been there for a long time. It is, it's going to be a longer term than what he played with for the Spurs, uh, which is astonishing. It's going to be more. He's going to play more than the seven years, I assume, because he must believe that he's entirely healthy. The fact that he played in every game in back-to-backs, he had a little little hip pointer, a little hip issue that he sat out for. But going back to 2019 when he left the Raptors, they haven't. They did have that that healthy run in 2020, but that's the last time he was healthy in the postseason. That was a long time ago. But I like to think every single year, 
I wonder, is this the year? Is this the year? Could this be the year? And it felt like it was sort of happening last year when they stole one from Phoenix on the road to start that series, but obviously Paul George was out. Because he has to be healthy too. Yeah, and Ziller brought up a great point I thought this morning. When you look at the Western Conference landscape right now, all the teams that have like been winning championships or at least were considered to be a championship favorite, they're struggling. I'm talking about the old teams, right? The Lakers, obviously led by a 39-year-old LeBron. The Warriors, who we just spent you know 10 minutes going, what the hell's wrong with them? They got to do something. You know, even the Suns, who make the big splashy moves, get the big three. They don't play. They don't look good. They can't stop anyone. They can't get help. So the Clippers have like this. It, it appears that they have a potentially a very small little opening here to make a very deep run in the postseason because the young guard is coming and maybe they're already here. Thunder, Wolves, you know, teams like that. Clippers, though, as a veteran squad that, again, these guys have a lot of playoff experience and they haven't gone very, very far together, but I'd make some sense here that they're looking at this going, well, this could be a really good year for us to to make a deep run and actually go to a finals, if not win the whole thing, uh, when you look at the other teams. I think that, I, I mean, sorry, I forgot the Nuggets there. I would sort of include them as the defending champs. They're probably still part of the young guard, though. Um, but, you know, they are the defending champs and you got to beat them. But I, I think there's some truth to that. And good on them for signing up Kawhi. And I think Paul George is going to come soon after this. I wouldn't know why not. Where else is he going to go to have maybe a better opportunity to uh, actually win one of these things? Right? Uh, he's definitely going to sign an yeah. extension. Yeah. yeah. They're the old guard. That's for sure. Uh, because Kawhi is 32. Paul George is 33. Westbrook's 34. And Harden's 35. I'm getting that the last two right. Maybe it's Harden 34 and Westbrook 35. Uh, either way. They obviously know that his knees are good, and he's playing like it. Uh, so if they are healthy for the playoffs, Kawhi Leonard literally could be the best player on the floor, mm-hmm. no matter who they're playing, even if they are playing the defending champs. Next headline from the Daily Memphian. Grizzlies wave Bismack Biombo Sign Vince Williams Jr. to a three-year deal. Trey Kirby, is this news? If you're a sicko. If you're a sicko, this is news. If you're not a sicko, you're like Vince Williams and Bismack Biombo. <laughs> who? <laughs> Literal who? I mean, Bismack did pretty solid. I thought. I <laughs> like, he's like the go-to guy if uh, you need to sign somebody off the street. It's either him or Taj Gibson, and only Tom Thibodeau signs Tom, Taj <laughs> Gibson. So it's Bismack. He was pretty solid. Uh, I heard Keith Parrish of Fast Break Breakfast saying Vince Williams is basically the only bright spot for the Grizzlies. This season, obviously, Bain has played well, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from a rotation standpoint, he has kind of already leapt draft picks like Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, Zaire Williams. Mm-hmm. I think he's got the best on-off percentages as the team. He does the little stuff uh, for the Grizzlies, rebounding, shooting threes at like a league average rate. Pretty good deal, uh, certainly for the Grizzlies to get a contributor on a really, really, really cheap contract. Yeah. And, you know, Vince Williams is probably happy that now he's a millionaire. So a win-win for both sides. Yeah, he was on a two-way contract. This is the most guaranteed money given to a player who had been on a two-way contract at eight mil over the next three seasons. He's just a really good defender. If if you watch him, I think he's got a cool name in Vince Williams. When I first learned about him, I said, oh, yeah, Vince Williams. It's just a classic name. Just sounds like a country singer to me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Vince Williams Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They did release Bismack Biombo. Yeah. Bismack. They may sign him a little bit yeah. later on because they yeah. could. Uh, but hey, they've done well since the John Morant injury. Um, things are going fine, I suppose. But they, they probably just didn't want Vince Williams to be a free agent to come this offseason. Somebody else steal him. Yeah, good for him. He's a great defender, and there'd be no reason that he couldn't con- uh, continue to develop his game. Like He needs to get better at putting the ball on the floor and attacking and all that, but uh, he can hit the three, like you said, decent enough clip. He's not going to kill you when he's out there, and he is really, really solid defensively. Uh, so good stuff there for Vince Williams Jr. and the Grizz. Uh, next one here, New York Post. Hope of Mitchell Robinson return emerges as Knicks denied injury exception by the NBA. Is this news, Tass? This is good news. As good as Isaiah Hartenstein has been at their center spot, he has been phenomenal. Blocking the snot out of shots. Blocking Rudy Gobert three times when they played. (laughs) I would like to see... Mitchell Robinson back. I do think that this next team is is good in the other four positions. And, and onto their bench, Tom Tito has got these guys working extremely hard. I think they're still in the third seed from the Philadelphia 76ers. That being said, Mitchell Robinson is very, very good at the center spot, just like Isaiah Hardenstein is doing right now. He doesn't need to shoot. Same with Mitchell Robinson. They don't need 
to pass him the ball in terms of shots, but he will be there to collect misses and to <laughs> defend really well. So this is this is really good because Hartenstein goes back to his proper job as the backup center, as good as he's been as, as a center. It's it's a it's a bit lacking in that he'd have to play a lot of minutes. So yeah, this is a good player for them to get back if he gets back healthy. If he returns, which some people think is more likely than not, if the NBA are saying no to this injury exception, right? Um, that's the the blessing here, maybe. I mean, the Knicks said when he went out, Robinson, that he was going to miss eight to ten weeks after that stress fracture uh, in his left ankle. That was like sort of early December there. Um, but by all accounts, they just were like. Well, let's just apply for this, uh, you know, uh, salary cap relief. You just like have to fill out the paperwork and send it to the NBA. And it's like, if it gets denied, which it did, it's like no big deal, really. You might as well just do it, due diligence uh, again. But denied it, seven point eight million. So maybe he will return, and that would be, that would be better than whatever the salary cap sort of relief is, because they have a six point eight million dollar trade exception from the Obi Toppin deal. They have another one, I think, a five point two million dollar trade exception. So. They were just giving it a go, TK, but I'm sure they would prefer Mitchell Robinson actually back on the roster come late regular season playoff time. Yeah, and they have familiarity with him. He plays the exact same style as Hartenstein, so they can play 48 minutes of the same kind of center. Uh, So as long as he comes back, yeah, this is good news. I don't really feel like they need him right now. The Knicks are rolling, and Hartenstein's playing really, really well. But they're going to need him eventually, just yeah. because, you know, Hartenstein's not going to be Wilt Chamberlain for the rest of the season. And if he is, then Mitchell Robinson comes off the bench and they got a good bench backup. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe the numbers uh, Hartenstein was putting up here in, in Mitchell Robinson's absence. He's averaging 8.2 points per game, okay, 10.6 boards, nearly four of those offensive rebounds, and that's what Mitchell Robinson does best. I mean, he's like one of the best offensive rebounders They're both the good at missing and getting their own shots. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then nearly two blocked shots per game uh, for Hartenstein. Those numbers were what he's done basically in the 16 games that Mitchell Robinson went out. And, and now they now we've seen them with OG Ananobi in there too, and it's just like it's a really well-balanced roster. And he does a perfect like uh, fill-in role. Like He's a great understudy for Mitchell Robinson because you said it. He plays exactly the same way. Yeah, and Randall has been looking good in terms of being physical and tougher because he's got OG Ananobi, because he's got great defense beside him, so he just has to worry about his offensive duty and just barreling into guys. That team looks damn good, but yeah, the Wilt Chamberlain comparison is good. You think Hartenstein's (laughs) going to run them to the finals as a starting center? It's nice to have Mitchell Robinson around. Sure, sure. All right, final one here. This is from Shams. Now, he tweeted this out yesterday, and then the headlines started coming. But uh, Netflix is creating a new NBA docu-series modeled after the NFL quarterback show. And there's Shams' tweet. This is going to feature LeBron, Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Edwards, and DeMontis Sabonis. And this is LeBron's uh, production company along with President uh, or former President Barack Obama's production company. Also with Peyton Manning's production company. They're all teaming up, TK to produce this series. Is this news to you? Yeah, this is big news. These are some big names. I mean, LeBron, the biggest name in, in the game, and yeah. then you've got, like, the next two up American stars uh, in Tatum and Edwards, and then Jimmy Butler. Personality. <laughs> Personality. <laughs> and DeMontis Sabonis, I suppose, was kind of the curveball. But even he was an all-NBA guy last year. I'm personally most excited for Anthony Edwards. <laughs> It'll be fun to see, like, his day-to-day life and... If he trash talks the people around him as much as he does the people he plays against, that'll be cool. Sabonis is another guy I'm kind of interested in just because it feels like we know the least about him compared to the rest of these guys. Yeah. LeBron, I mean, <laughs> he's going to be in charge of it. He'll yeah. say what he wants to say. Tatum, not a huge personality. Jimmy Butler will be theatrical. I would have liked to see a young guy in the mix. You know, somebody really trying to establish themselves. Kind of where Edwards was heading into last season or something like that. Sure. So I'm talking like a Tyrese Maxey. Paolo Boncaro, maybe even Anthony Simons. Right. Somebody we Someone don't know on a whole bunch about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do you think here, Tess? Oh, I'm excited to watch it, actually. Uh, you mentioned there's a lot of personality in those guys and, and really big names. And the fact that he's partnering with Peyton Manning's, the Ohama Productions, mm-hmm. uh, and Obama's Ground Productions, I, I do think, yes, you can focus on just LeBron and just say, oh, he's just going to do what he wants. But... The Manning Man cast has worked out extremely well. I think there will be plenty of jokes 
demanded for by Peyton Manning. Like, there will be... <laughs> it's uh, like a scripted? Yeah, well, he's got to walk... Here, LeBron, read this. Walk it through. Not enough jokes. <laughs> well, it's modeled after that quarterback doc. Yeah, did and, you watch it? Yeah, for sure. Did you like it? It was good. Oh, I didn't like it. Why not? I don't know. It just didn't click with me. I sort of checked out after a couple episodes. the sport. Is it the sport? Well, it was... Who was it? It was Patrick Mahomes, it was Kirk Cousins, yeah. and it was uh, Mariota, Mariota for the for the Falcons there. I mean, which I, I, I like that I sort of like and sort of goes to what you're saying, maybe, Trey. Like, I do like the levels to that, like superstar quarterback, sort of more of a like a journeyman trying to hold on to a job and then a guy who's mm-hmm. like trying to find his way. I thought that part was neat. Yeah. There's something about it. I just checked out after a couple. I don't know. Wasn't I don't. I, they didn't they didn't have the personalities that they're documenting right here or sure. that they're mentioning sure. or listing right here. I, I think Edwards, Jimmy Butler should be. We should know more about his fish tank. I mean, his fish tank is huge. It's fun. Uh, he's yeah, got a yeah. lot of personality. Demont Sabonis is really interesting. I think they're tapping into the international zone there, not only because of his Lithuanian background, but he grew up playing in Spain. Arvidas plucked his team, plucked his family from Portland where he was born because uh, Arvidas was playing there, and they put him in Spain, and he played as a teen there. I don't know anything about that. I'd like to know about that. I think he he is, you know, trying to sap the. They are trying to sap the the international clicks there as well. So you think uh, the personalities watch. of these NBA players yeah, will carry so. it more than maybe the quarterback show? Did you watch I any of so. that show? No. Edwards, Butler, Tatum, LeBron, and Sabonis. That's 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 the first tab. From what but I can, you can re- get deeper and deeper and deeper. From what I can remember, Kirk Cousins was sort of the star of the quarterback show because he had maybe shows the star. most uh, personality. Mahomes was uh, lacking maybe a little bit in that department. Mahomes has the personality, but they just didn't they just didn't go into it. That's why that's why I, this is try try two for them almost in a way because um, there's lots of personality, but it's, you know sometimes the NFL is new, no fun allowed type thing. <laughs> so, possible. Uh, no name for this series yet. No premiere date, obviously. I think they are starting to film it, though. Any suggestions uh, what you'd like to see this named? Positionless. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, positionless. That's good. Because uh, like, we, we can't name it like they named the NFL one, which was all quarterbacks, unless they just named this basketball players. Passions. I like passions. Passions. <laughs> That's a great soap opera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Insane yeah. fantasy elements. Though. All right. Come up with a name. Let's help out these production companies. Uh, what are you naming this new uh, NBA docuseries, which will be coming to Netflix, that uh, people seem to be excited about? So let us know there in the stream team. Tweet at us at No Dunk Sync. Gonna take one more break when we come back. A few tweet of the nights. Don't go anywhere. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, a few suggestions for the upcoming Netflix NBA docuseries in terms of what they should call it. Stream Team says, uh, how about Hoopapalooza? Okay, that's an option. We've got uh, Jumpmen. Okay, we got Players Only. Jumpmen. <laughs> and the best, which a lot of people uh, were chiming in with and seeming to enjoy. Call it the Starters. Uh, five guys the positions are like kind of match up <laughs> oh you mean in terms yeah, of like, like, they can keep doing it every year that's not uh, hey are we allowing it <laughs> I guess we don't have any say really but... <laughs> they got our IP man as long as you know what <laughs> yeah they got the IP from Porter <laughs> yeah they do it's very 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 expensive from what I hear yeah I mean I would at least like a call from either LeBron Barack Obama or Peyton Manning, right? <laughs> One of them, not all three of them, but somebody could reach out. Uh, call it the starters. Okay, uh, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Tweet. Uh, I got a few tweets for you, and uh, we're back to Shams here. He was on fire yesterday. Uh, this tweet from our guy Shams: uh, Lakers star LeBron James has signed a multi-year trading card deal with Fanatics Collectibles. James had been with Upper Deck. But he and Bronny James signed a one-of-one card that releases January 19th. We are showing it to everyone here on YouTube. Look at that. Both of them in their college, excuse me, high school, I guess I should say, uniforms. Well, high school for LeBron, college for Bronny. Thank you. Thank you. Um, You like this card, TK? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I'll take it. It's one-of-one. What's that going to go for? Millions. Fanatics is doing well. Um, you love cards. Get your I, I, I do. I wish there was a Canadian on that card. I'd be into it. But uh, that's a cool. It's cool. I mean, I think this was uh, people saw the writing on the wall with this that he was going to be joining fanatics who are trying to like take over the uh, trading card game and collectible game. So he's away from uh, because he had an exclusive, obviously, with Upper Deck. So now he's there. Well, LeBron's old, so he thinks Upper Deck is still hot. Just like we do, you know. <laughs> Upper Deck was popular for our yeah, generation. It really was. It's all about fanatics now, and really, I think this is. Sure, whatever happened with the card stuff, but I think this is more so LeBron and Michael Rubin uniting yeah. some business Absolutely. interests here as LeBron moves into the ownership phase of his career. Yep. Michael Rubin is like a big-time relationships guy, and now he's got LeBron in his corner as well. And Rubin uh, recently did this with Tom Brady, who just, of course, retired not too long mm. ago. Uh, he, Tom did Brady you... and LeBron buying the the team in Las Vegas? <laughs> they, they probably could, yeah. <laughs> sure. I don't know. NBA franchises are very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. And getting more expensive. I don't think LeBron has four billion dollars. No, but a part, a part of it. Of, exactly. Of but you got to get, you got to be able to bring people yes, in. Yeah. Come you on, need Tom. a Michael Rubin who can say, "Yeah, I know Tom Brady. He's got two billion dollars. You put your two billion, his two billion. You put it together. <laughs> that's four billion. I'll kick in another two, and we got a team." There you go. Mm, I, I don't have two billion, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I bought a lot of Reuben sandwiches recently. My, Are you my favorite. Hungry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hungry. <laughs> Best cards actually. Were once when I bought a, a sandwich, Panini Press cards. <laughs> Did you see the uh, Tom Brady uh, card that uh, came out from Fanatics recently? No. You might have liked it because uh, Tom Brady in a baseball uniform, Expos hat and jersey. He put it wow. on? No, he he like um, had a tryout, I think, with the Expos back in the day. Ah. He was going to be a baseball player until ah. he decided to throw around the old pigskin. There's a lot of football players it, that man. have done that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they got great arms. <laughs> oh no! You can check the card out, yeah. but uh, apparently it's <laughs> it it's pretty funny. That's Tom Brady. It looks literally like it's ridiculous. Doesn't look like him at all. He, he did do this. He did one where he inscribed it something like, um, "If baseball doesn't yeah. work out, there's always football." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that does look like him. Yeah. Okay, uh, I have another tweet for you. This one's uh, another uh, one with a photo. Uh, At Pell's Press tweeted, forget the Splash Brothers, it's time for a new era in the NBA with a very funny Photoshop called the Stroke Brothers. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Trey Murphy III. 
And uh, who else we got there? Uh, I'm That's uh, Jordan, Jordan Hawkins. Thank you, Jordan Hawkins. Uh, the Stroke Brothers. You think this will catch on? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why? <laughs> I think it might. Stroking it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's very funny from uh, Appel's Press. Uh, and just one more. I didn't grab the tweet for it, but I thought this was funny. I saw it this morning while I was uh, coming into the factory. At Dragonfly Jones, one of the f- uh, my favorite follows on Twitter, he he tweeted this morning or last night, Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, Belichick, Belichick excuse me, retiring, Stephen A. going in on Whitlock, Steph saying Golden State got to make some roster changers. It's been such a crazy 24 hours in sports that Chuck telling Gail King he'd punch Aaron Rodgers in the face was a story for only like six minutes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on right now in the sports world. That really happened? Yeah. Yeah. Gail said. And it was a story for like five minutes and then everybody was like on to the next thing because too much was happening. Yeah. And Gail said, are you saying that metaphorically? And then he said, what, what do you mean? He said, what do you mean metaphorically? Rhetorically, I mean, are you, are you, you're forcing me to use too many big words, is what he said. No, no, he meant he wanted to he just wanted to punch, punch him, him in the face. Yeah. Just straight up punch. And a lot of people are saying though that Chuck looks good. He looks that. crazy skinny. He does look crazy skinny. They took away the desk Did- because there's no TNT desk. You see how big his body is. It's <laughs> lost weight. I'm Remember gonna, he went I'm to gonna the- say it though, almost too skinny. Yeah, you like him better. I like Machuck a little round. Yeah, right. Like a little bit. It's like he starts to get too skinny. I mean, yeah. good for him. Good for his health and all that. But uh, yeah, he look. You're right. He looked great. Looks he lost skinny. so much weight from his from his face. It's gone. Yeah, that that's that's where it's really. Yeah, he told he told us once when we worked at NBA TV that he was going to spend his off season at the Fat Farm. It's literally what he said. Yeah. Uh, so he would yeah. lose weight. Yeah, and he does. But then he gets, I guess he gains it back over over the season. Anyways, you look great, Chuck. <laughs> you look great, great. And again, that was a story for like five minutes, but all these big names retiring. Stephen A., he did an hour podcast roasting Whitlock last night. Oh, he also said people are fat. Well, well Jason Whitlock is fat. Yes. <laughs> and stat, yeah, man, it's nuts. So Dragonfly Jones sneaking in there at the buzzer with uh, three tweets of the night. Okay, reminder, join us at 2 p.m. Eastern. We're on playback for the NBA Paris game. It's only the third one ever in the regular season. I don't know what game I'm thinking about where they... It must have been a preseason game, I guess. I could have sworn it was... Uh, the Raptors were involved. It must have been DeRozan. Somebody tell me if I'm making this up. But anyway, uh, watch party, 2 p.m. That link is in the show notes. Cavs Nets. Everybody's playing in leather jackets and glasses in Paris. <laughs> Maybe berets, too. I don't know. Uh, so can't wait for that. And then we've got games on tonight. We've got Celtics Bucks on TNT, Suns Lakers on TNT. There's also Blazers Thunder and Knicks Mavericks. That's not bad. So a decent little slate. We'll be here tomorrow in the factory with the Drop Podcast. So we'll see you then. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you guys are very funny fans. So I'm going to finish this comment from our very funny fans. It's about JD reading his ad. JD should read radio ads for his part-time job. He's a natural. He likes your work. You did great on that ad. Oh, you found that funny, Tess? Yeah, because you were good. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said he said part-time. But I think he meant full-time. Anyways, okay. he, did, he did a great read. JD, why don't you take us out here today with that beautiful voice of yours? That was a great read. Well, I got no quote. I need a oh, just tell them to embrace the day. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Embrace the day. No, that's not that's terrible. That was terrible. Oh, that was good. Embrace the day. <laughs> <laughs>